In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Mother of us all. Amen. It's a fascinating thing to find ourselves talking about foot washing today, because as Pastor Jay just told us, we're used to hearing this reading during Holy Week. Those last few days of Jesus' life that come before the end of the story that we all know. Easter and resurrection and new life. But before we can get to that day, when we celebrate the triumph over death, first, we have to face death and all that leads up to it. And in the Gospel of John, the one that we've been reading together since Christmas, the reading we heard today is the very beginning of one really long night. And we'll hear that night unfold over the course of the next few weeks. At the outset of that night, Jesus is gathered in a room with his 12 disciples. It's the last few hours of his life. He knows he's getting arrested soon. And he knows what has to happen before this night ends. Jesus knows that his beloved friend Peter will, in the next 24 hours, deny any relationship with Jesus three different times. He knows that Judas will betray him. And in the Gospel of John, it's not by turning Jesus over to the authorities, but it's by walking away from a relationship, by leaving. Jesus knows that the air that these 13 people breathe in that room is packed with deceit and failure and fear and exhaustion and the breaking of promises. And he knows that this is going to be a long night filled with pain and hurt. With all of that knowledge, what does Jesus do He gets down on the floor, uses the clothing that he's wearing to wash the feet of those he knows will hurt him, will betray him, and will deny him. And as we just heard, those feet that Jesus is kneeling before, they're dirty. They've traversed many miles alongside Jesus on a dusty road, only in sandals, They've carried the good news of God's love to hundreds of people, but friends, more than that, these feet are the ones that will carry the disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane, where they will fall asleep while Jesus prays for them, even though they were asked to stay awake and keep watch. These feet will lead them to the fire pit where Peter will deny Jesus These feet will lead them to the foot of the cross, where as they watch their Lord, Savior, and Teacher die, they beg that nobody around them notices the connection between them, because they don't want to suffer those consequences. Friends, as we all sit here today, we have some very dirty feet. I'm not talking about whether or not you washed your toes today. I don't want to know about that. (laughs) I'm talking instead about the shame and the lies and the failure to live as we're called to live that cakes our skin and that separates us from one another. I'm talking about our 
fear of speaking up for those who can't speak up for themselves, how desperately we cling to the power of being right, of how often we point blame at others instead of ourselves, of how much we all cling to violence, and talking about how much time we spend assuring ourselves that we're not those kind of disciples who betray and who lie and who fall asleep and who deny. That's not us. We're not, we're not like that. That's not part of our story. Friends, we all have dirty feet, and the energy that we spend trying to keep them covered up so that others don't see keeps us from really encountering one another and from being able to love others and to be loved as Jesus has called us to. But none of that, none of that keeps Jesus from leaning in from taking those dirty feet in his hands, washing them clean, and proclaiming his love for those who are so desperately imperfect. Jesus' response to everything about this long night, the lies, the hurt, the failure, is to pour out empathy and compassion and love. And that keeps happening. At the beginning of today's reading, we heard that phrase that Jesus washes their feet because he loves them to the end. And that word, the end, shows up in one other important place in John's Gospel of Jesus. It shows up when Jesus is hanging on a cross and when he takes that final deep breath of air that's packed with our failure. And he says, it is finished. It is the end. On the cross, Jesus knows about all of it. He knows about all of the ways we avoid being honest with ourselves. He knows about the ways we cling desperately to violence and point the blame at others as we all share a hand in our collective death. Jesus sees our feet for the dirty, tired things that they are, and as he hangs on that cross and looks at all of us, he says, You, you, desperate child of God who is so afraid of being vulnerable, so afraid of relinquishing power and privilege, you with the dirty feet, I choose you. I still choose you. I will always choose you. Jesus' complete fulfillment of perfect love on that cross is what we see foreshadowed in today's reading when he washes the feet of the disciples in a moment that flips over our expectations about society, just like how the cross flips over our expectations about what a Savior is supposed to be like. And when Jesus gets on the, down on the ground... The disciples are all really shocked, but it's not because they know what Jesus knows, because they're still telling themselves that they're not like that. They would never betray Jesus. They still have that narrative going on. But the reason that they're panicked when Jesus gets down on his knees is because what this act of service will mean. You see, foot washing was a regular part of life in ancient Palestine. When you got to someone's house, you washed your own feet. And if you got somewhere kind of fancy, someone would wash your feet for you. 
but it was never somebody who had power. Never would a master wash a disciple's feet. Never would a king wash the feet of his subjects. Never would a free person wash the hands of another free person or the feet. (laughs) So when Jesus gets down on the floor to wash these people, it's shocking because that was not how things worked. That was not what you did. And it flips power on its head. It questions everything that makes society what it is. The disciples are freaked out because this makes them start asking other questions. If we start treating people who our world gives less power with dignity, what will that mean next? What will that mean when we leave this room? And I think Peter's response to Jesus in this story is really telling because I kind of think we're all Peter in this story. When Jesus is on the floor ready to wash Peter's feet, Peter shouts, No, Lord, you will never wash my feet. And I laughed when I read that this week because it was a little too relatable. (laughs) But I have two ideas about what's going on there. And the first is this. Having Jesus kneeling on the floor in front of us is really scary because we and Peter need Jesus to be above us. We need someone that we can look up to, who can be our savior, who can lead us, who can protect us, tell us how to be, help us along. We need someone who can keep us safe from this extremely terrifying world that we live in where school shootings and hate crimes are regular things in the news. We need someone we can put on a pedestal who does brilliant, great things, powerful things that make us feel more powerful. So, Lord, you'll never wash our feet because that's not your job. Your job is to lead us, to keep us safe from this scary world. But Jesus stays where he is because that's not the kind of savior we have, friends. Our savior is one who dies on a cross in perfect love, perfect and vulnerable love, not one who gets high on power. Jesus, in this moment, is reaching out to Peter, calling him to rise up and discover that this moment is what he's called to. Being loved, vulnerably and learning how to do that for others. And that's the second thing that I think is happening in this story with Peter. In our culture, and in Peter's culture too, being vulnerable is tied to weakness and not having glory. When Jesus gets on the floor to wash Peter's feet, he's revealing a totally new vision about where God's located in this world. Jesus taking on the role of a servant, the role of someone who would have been seen as inferior, reveals himself in this story as the one whose society gives less power. Jesus is the one that does the dirty jobs that nobody else wants to do. He's the one that gets constantly stereotyped. He's the one that gets spit at. And that's scary for Peter, and that's scary for us, 
Because it means that living in real mutual relationship with Jesus means asking hard questions about who has power in this world, and it means using our privilege to lift up the voices of others, the voice of Jesus. And if we allow ourselves to be loved and to really truly love other people, as Jesus asks us to, it means that we need to be willing to take our shoes off and to air out all of the shame and guilt that dirties our feet. If we are going to find our way back to one another, as Brene Brown so beautifully says, we need to learn how to be brave enough to let go of the act that we're always right, and then we have the right answers, and that it's never our fault. And we need to do that so that we can learn how to see and honor one another, so that we can find Christ in one another. We need to be willing to have our feet washed, our dirty feet washed, by the one who always says, I choose you. So that we can learn how to turn to each other in that very same way. And that's what Jesus hopes for. That's what Jesus prays for us. So may we, in this season of honesty and vulnerability, learn what it means to extend real empathy and compassion to one another, to really actually listen to one another, and may we learn what it means to live in love, vulnerable love, as Christ has commanded. Amen.